Welcome to the Macworld Podcast, episode 452 for April 15th, 2015. The Macworld Podcast is brought to you this week by The Great Courses, Igloo, and High Five. Welcome back to another episode of the Macworld Podcast, and as we have been for recent weeks, we'll be talking about things that we can't actually touch yet, but we're so eager to force touch those things. With me this week, as always, is Susie Oaks, the executive editor of Macworld. Hello, Susie. Hey, hey. Uh, and I forgot to introduce myself in previous weeks. I'm Glenn Fleischman. I'm a senior contributor to Macworld, in case anybody has any interest in what I do there. <laughs> and uh, also with us this week is Leah Yamshan, the associate managing editor of Macworld. Hello, Leah. Hello. And joining us from the uh, the other coast is Caitlin McGarry, a staff writer at Macworld. Hello, Caitlin. Hi there. So we've we've uh, joined in this uh, conclave to talk about a number of things, but first on the agenda, of course, is the thing that we can't get yet, although we can touch finally, which is the uh, Apple Watch. Now I haven't been in a store yet, but uh, have all three of you now, two or three of you, have now gone and done uh, uh, fitting appointments. Yes, Caitlin and Leah both went and tried on the the sport and the steel mm-hmm. watch, and then later had try-ons for the Apple Watch edition. So they're They've been fully versed in its powers. Excellent. Do you feel like better human beings now that you've actually touched these things and, and had spent time with them? Yes, I definitely feel better than everyone. <laughs> like a better human being? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> my The rest of my body was jealous that my left wrist had like $17,000 strapped to it for a good 20 minutes the oh other day. Gosh. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> Is it peculiar when you're faced with that much gold? I think uh, I once had a handle over $200,000 in cash. <laughs> <laughs> for, for a thing that the oatmeal cartoonist was doing, I went and helped him. Uh, uh, t- took some photos for a Boing Boing article. And oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's that very awesome. weird when you're confronted with that much money. Does it feel <laughs> strange? I mean, I'm not usually. I, you know, I'm not a luxury watch owner. I don't think any of us are luxury watch owners. I, I never have anything on my person that's worth many thousands of dollars besides a computer. No. Is it just peculiar to pick up an object like that and and say, "Wow, this is worth so much." Yeah, especially because it's it's so small and it's the same size as the other two watches that I had tried on earlier. So in it doesn't feel that much different. It's like a little heavier, but it's hard to kind of comprehend that its value is that high. I mean, it looks great. It's really beautiful. Um, but yeah, it was kind of strange. I totally agree. I, I was looking at it and then looking at the employee who was helping at me and looking back down at my wrist and I just said... I can't believe this is seventeen thousand dollars. Like this doesn't feel <laughs> this doesn't feel like seventeen thousand dollars. It's really hard to wrap your head around it. I also love that Caitlin and I both grabbed like the most expensive combination <laughs> to try on. We could have gone with the ten thousand dollar one, but nope, nope, nope. You guys like that one from day one. It's both of so you pretty. were like rose gold, rose gray strap, yeah. rose gold, rose gray strap. Mm-hmm. You got to do. It. I mean, why try the eleven thousand dollar one if you got the seventeen thousand dollar one there? You have to try the the ultra lux version. Totally, yeah. If you've made the appointment, go as high as you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so well, you can try on as many as you want at mm-hmm. those appointments, right? Yeah, so. I actually did try it on with the sport band too, the white um, sport with the the rose gold Same. hardware. We're <laughs> 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 so typical, Leah. I know. What's wrong? Did with you that? guys find the sport band um, nicer than you thought it would be? 
Yeah, um, it's really soft. I it didn't feel like like a cheap kind of rubber material. It's it's really comfortable to wear. So for working out, I think it's going to be great. I feel like you won't even notice it after a little while. This is the fluoroelastomer band. Fluoroelastomer, right? yes. But the, you know the complaint that I've heard from people about it, even after wearing it for a short period of time, is is the sweaty wrist. Uh, phenomenon. Although they said, as you said, that it's much more comfortable than they expected. That they actually, in some cases, people liked it better than leather because the leather band is uh, blocky because of uh, the embedded magnets. Oh, um, I tried on the classic buckle during my sport and. And stainless steel appointment, and I didn't find it to be super blocky, but I have heard that the leather loop feels blocky, and it just kind of feels like thin leather placed over the magnet, so oh. that might be a little strange. Well, we should talk um, about the whole fitting appointment, because, I mean, I'm not sure what percentage of people who could buy a watch are within driving distance of an Apple store. I guess technically everyone is within driving distance of an right. Apple store. <laughs> but, you know, I have one that's a mile away from my house, which is sort of hilarious. Your offices at uh, the Macworld offices in San Francisco are, what, like uh, 10 blocks away or something from... Yeah, it, it's a quick walk, yeah, like so, maybe 10, 15 minutes. But I assume that's like, you know, 20 to 40% of potential buyers are, you know, an hour or more away from a store, because even though there's a lot of them, they're not uh, everywhere. And uh, so Apple's made this, uh, they, they don't want you just to walk in and have to deal with waiting around. So you make an appointment so you can you can get a fitting? Yes. So you can make an appointment online. Um, it's just the same spot, store.apple.com. And when you're looking at the watch info page, um, there's a link that will lead you to the appointment page. And you just plug in the store you want to go to and see what times they have available. Um, but Caitlin, I don't know if, if you got the same information, but when I was there, they told me that they've kind of scheduled their appointments similar to how they do with the Genius Bar appointments. So they've made a lot of room for walk-ins because they know that some people probably don't know that you can make the appointment online. So if you just want to show up to the Apple store, you can check in um, with any of the store employees and they'll make an appointment for you. And it might be, you know, a couple of hours later. And if that's the case, you can leave and they'll text you, you know, with a 30-minute warning so you can come on back to the Apple store to, to do that. So... Yeah, and I thought it was really helpful that um, you can search by uh, stores that have the sport and watch and then other stores that have the watch edition because some stores don't have all three models. Um, so I had to go to two separate stores to try on first the, the sport and the watch and then the watch edition, which I actually did this morning at the Fifth Avenue flagship in Manhattan. So that was kind of cool. All right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because yeah, the supply issue is going to be huge, right? So this way, wow, so there's a lot of ways in which you could be disappointed. <laughs> and Apple's trying to mitigate those by letting you plan to avoid disappointment. Yeah, I think they've done a really excellent job. And with the employees that I spoke with at both appointments, it sounds like, um, you know, a lot of people are making appointments because they've done their research. They know what they want to try on. They just want to see and confirm how it looks in person, which is exactly why I made an appointment because I ordered the, I pre-ordered the Apple Watch Sport with the white band and I had never tried it on before and I had no idea if I made a giant mistake. So it was really useful and I, I think that other people are finding that as well. 
So talk me through what happens uh, at an appointment. I know that they've developed these new, um, it's not developed, I'm sorry, but they've they constructed and designed uh, these new presentation tables to handle both, I guess, storage of watch and display. And uh, it's a little confusing to me, not having gone yet, and I expect the many, the hundreds of millions of people haven't, will have the same bit of confusion because uh, there's two ways they're presenting the watches to you. So, so maybe walk through what happens when you go in for a fitting. Okay, um, so for the Apple Watch Sport and the, the stainless steel watch models, um, it's basically you walk in, you check in for your appointment, and then you see a display of watches under glass that you can't play with. You just look at them and, and check them out, um, so, sort of similar to um, other Apple products that are around the store. But then they take you to a separate area, um, still on the store floor, uh, but it has the um, the watches, different models of them in these suede boxes. And they, they do the big reveal. They open it up. You choose one. They help you try it on. Um, and the watches that you try on, they don't, you can't actually um, play with them really they just have a demo reel of the different features but then there's a, a display where you can touch a watch and and go through the different facets of it um, but you can't try that one on so it's kind of a it's a little weird at first because you'd you'd think that you would be able to experiment with it on your wrist but you can only watch this reel um, and the watch edition is a totally different experience so Leah tell me about what your experience was like we can compare notes Sure. Um, I had a great time during my watch edition appointment. Um, so when I got to the store, I checked in again with an Apple employee and they kind of brought me to this back like waiting area near, um, near. I guess, I, it's the register area, even though they don't really have registers oh, yeah. there. But um, So I waited for a little while and then um, I was greeted by another Apple Store employee and kind of a security guard type person. And then I was escorted to a back room <laughs> off of the main floor. Um, it was oh. kind of just like a conference room. And it was just me and the Apple Store employee. And then there was... Um, Somebody outside the security guard kind of stayed outside um, on the other side of the door in case I like made a mad dash for it. Cool. He could <laughs> catch me and turn me back around. Um, we so, got a runner. Yeah, we got a runner. Swerve, swerve. <laughs> so when I when I got to the back room, they they didn't have any um, additions out. They had a stainless steel uh, watch with the Milanese loop there. Ooh. And but huh. so the reason why they do that is they keep all the watches in another room in a safe, all the additions. So the employee asked me um, if I had done any research, what I wanted to try on, if you wanted to explain anything to me first. I was like, nope, rose gold, rose gray, 38, <laughs> let's go. And I was like, I already ordered the sport, so maybe I could try it on with the sport band too, just to kind of compare what those look like. And so he said, yeah, sure. So he kind of walkie-talkied to another employee to, and then texted him, like, what my specs did were. they have code names for them? I or, wish they or did. Like, that been, speak, maybe? That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, we, while we were waiting, they had the same display, um, display watch that Caitlin had described. It's actually attached to an iPad. So as you kind of play around on the watch, a screen will pop up on the iPad that explains that feature a little bit more. Oh, so cool. when you tap the messages... 
it says, you know, on the iPad, like, oh, hey, here's the Messages app. Like, this is kind of how it works. Um, so he kind of walked me through some of those features. And then my watch came out, and he was holding, like, this blue suede tray <laughs> with the watch in a fancier box than the Sport and the Steel come in, or the Steel watch. Um, and it has the charging, um, the MagSafe charging device is actually inside the box so you just like plug your lightning cable into the box and the box like actually acts as as a charger which is really cool um so if you got the sport or the watch i don't think you get the fancy box but if you get the addition you get this really nice box too it seems like part of the the presentation of this whole thing is like it's only going to be in certain stores you're gonna have Mm -hmm. to make this kind of appointment i mean are people going to actually order this thing are they going to forego the experience like i want to know how many of the gold watches the edition watches are sold through people ordering online and how many are sold at the end of one of those appointments. Here's my credit card. Thank you, because they want that high-touch, you know, Tiffany-ish experience of feeling special. So here's the thing. I felt no pressure whatsoever to buy during my whole appointment. I was there for 45 minutes. It was only supposed to be 30 minutes. No pressure to buy at all. And he even said at the end, he was like, um, he was like, you know, this is a big purchase. Like, go home, think about it some more, make another appointment to try it on. And then when you're ready, purchase it at home on your own time. He's like, we can help you here if you want, but that's really not what this is about. This is about giving you some time with the watch so that you can make the best purchase decision for yourself, which I thought was super cool. So, yeah, I had the same. I had the same exact experience. It was so low pressure. You know, when you mm-hmm. walk into jewelry stores or car dealerships or any place where you're planning to drop a significant amount of money, you instantly feel pressure from the salespeople. Totally. Um, probably because they make commission and Apple mm-hmm. employees don't. Um, but. It was, I didn't get any questions about, you know, my income or what I do for a living or any sort of uh, gauge of whether I could actually afford the watch edition, which um, I, I don't think I can really. But anyway, that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was completely uh, relaxed and, and um, yeah, it was just about trying it on. I tried on three different editions. They can only bring in two at a time. So um, I had to pick which one I wanted to keep in the room with me. <laughs> I'm picturing it like it's like a fissile element. It's like you bring in three of them. There's too much and they explode, right? They're too, yes. too close together. <laughs> exactly. It's just chaos. Um, but yeah, it was it was very uh, it was very low pressure, which which I really appreciated. Well, speaking of pressure, let's take a quick break to talk about the about High Five, one of our sponsors this week, because we're under a lot of pressure to communicate. That's my terrible segue. Uh, so High Five is trying to transform the way in which video conferencing works by providing a uh, solution that's a one-time fixed fee, and it's substantially cheaper than other traditional video providers. Uh, they are a video conferencing service, but what they do is they provide something that offers a simple setup and all the equipment in one bundle. So for instance, you could outfit a a conference room for just $799. It's one-time fee. There's no maintenance fees. There's no monthly overhead. The standard software is free for every employee. And now I know as being, I get to be a, a, what they call a fly on the wall in the IDG consumer and small business uh, group uh, as an outside freelancer, and I'm contributing a bunch. And I know that one of the problems faced by my colleagues, all of them on this call, and others, is this issue 
virtue of having high-quality, reliable video conferencing when you have offices and people spread out all over the place. And Skype doesn't cut it. It's Skype is a sort of least worst solution. It's what we're using for this call, but then we record each of our ends. Uh, Google Hangouts is great. It's free. It has a lot of advantages, but it doesn't have the quality and reliability you need when you're trying to do business. So High Five is trying to change that by offering seamlessly integrated hardware and cloud solutions so you work however you want to, wherever you are. It's a simple click simple swipe, and you can move your video call from a personal device to a conference room TV and back. Uh, it's minutes to set up, and as I say, they are trying to remove these recurring fees by producing something that makes sense for you at an affordable price. But there's more. You can get a free 30-day trial by going to highfive.com slash Macworld, and you'll get a kit that includes five in-room devices and unlimited software for your employees. That's H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E dot com slash Macworld, and you can get your free trial and stop wrestling with the best worst solution and try one of the best solutions. Thanks to High Five for being one of our sponsors this week. And now I'll segue back into hey, so <laughs> back to these watches. But uh, so the, you know, this has been one of the selling points of the Apple Store all along is the store the employees don't work on commission. Now I understand Apple Store employees can get bonuses. Is that do you? I, I believe that's correct. They don't get bonuses for like specific sales things like you didn't sell an edition watch but they're not getting rewarded for pushing a watch at you or a, or a laptop or upselling you they're they're rewarded for the overall performance of the store if i understand it correctly i'm not sure but that sounds right <laughs> i think so we should ask we have, there's a lot of former apple store employees but i think that produces that experience you talk about which is very it can be very high touch even if you're going in to buy a cable because they're judged on the overall performance they don't get that you know they're not getting a two thousand dollar uh, you know, commission on selling you a $17,000 watch. Uh, so now that you guys have gone through this experience in person, uh, has it changed your mind about either choices you made for what you would buy for work or testing or uh, what you'd recommend to other people, say men with hairy wrists? As uh, uh, It's actually very <laughs> interesting because now of the, I haven't tried the watch at all. The three of you have had them in different experiences now at the, the Susie at the uh, announcements and uh, Caitlin and Lee at the stores. Um, I hear consistent complaints from men Men, but not women about the hair on the arm pulling and I, I don't know if is there a scale from zero to Robin Williams I'm not sure <laughs> but uh, so has any of this experience changed your mind about what you're going to get and what you'd recommend based on those um I actually am even more comfortable with my my sport choice than than before um I mean I I really loved the addition and even though it's out of my price range um I just think that there's not enough difference between the, the models to, I mean, the software is the same, the experience is the same, it's really just about what you prefer in terms of style. Um, and the sport is really stylish and you can swap out different bands. Like I was really surprised how much I loved the um, Milanese Loop, which in photos didn't impress me at all. And then I tried it on and it's very, I think some men don't like it, um, but I I personally liked it. it was pretty delicate, um, more delicate than I expected, and it just looks really amazing on. So, um, but the Sport is a, a solid choice, and I'm comfortable with that, and I think I'll be buying a lot of accessory bands. I ditto to everything that Caitlin said. <laughs> I went in, this is also my first time like experiencing the Apple Watch, and it just solidified my, my purchase for sure. Um, the size was right. I tried on. So I purchased the 38 millimeter Sport. 
um, with the hot pink floral elastomer band, which in person isn't as like crazy bright as it is um, online. So I was happy about that. Um, but so I tried on the 42 millimeter as well, just to kind of make sure. And it was way too big for me. So I was feeling really solid with the 38. It's a good size. And the I like the aluminum of it. It's really nice. It's comfortable. It's super light. It's the lightest weight-wise of, of the watch collection. Um, oh, yeah. How did you feel uh, a sport regular the watch, I guess, what do you call the watch watch? Sport? The watch the watch. watch. <laughs> and addition, I heard the addition certainly felt heavier, but did you feel there was a, a substantial difference between them and, and how it felt on your wrist? Not really. I mean, you get, if you if you pick them up side by side, you can tell, but once it's on your wrist, it really doesn't feel that much heavier between between the models. Um, and once it's on, the, the weirdest thing um, I don't know how Susie and Caitlin felt about this, but the Taptic engine is a little jarring the first couple of times it pings you because it's like, whoa, it's this weird. <laughs> it's not a full-on vibration. It's just like a little kind of like flick of the wrist, but it doesn't hurt. I don't know. It's hard to explain. So the first couple of times that it like pinged me, uh, it was a little like, oh, that's going to take some getting used to. But throughout the next like five minutes that the demo was running, I got used to it really fast and it just made me more excited to get my own. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Because the, I'm so tired of my phone vibrating. Like every time it does it, it annoys me to no end. Now I just keep my phone on silent and my boyfriend's like, why don't you ever answer? And it's because I, (laughs) it's because I don't get notifications anymore. Um, But I loved the Taptic engine, like the little tap just on the inside of your wrist. It's, I don't, it could become annoying if you don't change your notification settings and you get pinged for every single thing that comes in, but those are very customizable. So I, I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm wondering where this fits in the realm of like how much attention you want to divert. Like there are a lot of discussion before it came out that this would be a way to take your attention away from other devices and give you a, a shorthand way to see what's going on. But then people who are heavy consumers of notifications. So Caitlin, I'm like you, I, my phone doesn't, if my phone makes a noise and it, I always have it on silent, I have to look at it because it's probably something important because it never makes noise. So it's either an Amber alert, which happened unfortunately too frequently, or uh, it's, you know, my wife is texting me, but nobody else texts me and, you know, I have the notification off. So I've wondered for people who have already reduced a lot of that uh, clutter of attention seeking, does the watch uh, divert that? Does it, for those people, does the watch help or is it just another information device versus people who are heavy notification users and they'll divert some of those to the watch? I'm not sure how that shakes out. I think it'll be, um, I think the notifications will be really useful because a lot of times, well, just for me personally, when I get a notification on my phone and it's annoying, but I still look at it, and then I feel the need to open the app. If I get a notification from Twitter, I open the app, and then I start looking at it, and suddenly I've lost 20 minutes, and I'm like, what's, what am I doing with my life right now? Like, <laughs> So I think the watch, the fact that you can't dive into the apps, it's just not designed for that. I think it'll help reduce the amount of time that you spend with these devices and pay attention more to the world around you, as cheesy as that sounds. I think it might be true. Now, Leah, did you find, uh, were there watches... Uh, models that were and straps that were more or less gouty like is there I guess a question is like how 
How much does it stand out? Like, what is it like an item of fashion versus something that's just a utilitarian object or the things that people might steer away from because they're maybe they're too attention getting as a combination or I'm not sure. I'm not sure that matrix. Well, of the sport bands, I mean, any any band that isn't black or white, it's really eye catching. I mean, they're (laughs) very, very bright. Um, But when you're but a lot of the other fitness wearables are bright. And so I feel like with the sport, um, Apple is really kind of going after the fitness wearable market there. So they thought that that band and that combination might appeal to, to people that are already wearing like a bright blue Fitbit every day, you know. So that might not be a huge, a huge change. And for me, I, I think it's kind of fun. So I, you know, I, I'm into I take time when I get dressed in the morning, but wearing a hot pink band every day, I'm okay with that. I don't think it's going to be, you know, super fashion faux pas. But of the other watch band combinations for the the watch watch, as we're calling it, and for the edition, (laughs) those bands, I think, are all really classy, understated, and elegant. And especially that Milanese loop. It looks really, really great. I don't know. I think the the solid gold watch edition with the, the red... Um, modern buckle band is pretty ostentatious. That's one of the ones I tried on, and I, I immediately I was like, people will be staring at me from across the street if I have this on. It's it's pretty loud. It looks good on Drake. But, but, it, it looks good on everybody, but, but it's very obvious. But, but when when people wear that one's more of like the fashion watch, you know, other fashion watches in that price range, smart or not, also stand out that much. So people that want to stand out, you know, and that have that kind of money, that's what they'll go for. Yeah, I was going to say like there was all this discussion of the Apple Watch of the edition being so you know ostentatious, but I'm like, so if I'm wearing a twenty to hundred thousand dollar watch, people know it. Uh, if I'm wearing a Rolex, that's you know. 20 grand, people can look at it and they know there's an air of, oh, that's one of those super expensive watches, whatever function it may have. So it doesn't seem, it actually seems more understated in some ways because uh, it doesn't use, you know, it's just got a blank screen at some level. It doesn't have the fancy presentation of a mechanical watch that costs that much. Yeah, that's true. Um, when when I tried them on, I tried on the Sport and the Edition, you know, within a couple minutes of each other because it was at the demo. So um and it was weird because, I mean, it, so I was there to look at the, the watch, the software, and experience, you know, what it was like to use it. And once you have it on, you're looking at the screen, and all the screens look the same. It'd be like having, you know, like a jewel-encrusted iPad, but they're all on the back. You know? <laughs> like, so you're not really looking at the sides or the back while you're using it. I mean, the addition, like, it's the, the little touches are nice. Like, the digital crown has a little spot of color in it that yeah, matches like the band that. when you bought it. Um, so that's kind of neat. So it's got some nice little touches, but when you're actually using it, it really doesn't matter. So if you just want to see how the Apple Watch is going to fit in your life, if you're not sure the first gen is you know the right one to get, the Sport will totally get the job done. Like it's a really nice experience. It's not. I mean, Apple doesn't make like cheap, crappy things. So even though it's the <laughs> you know the entry level cheapest one, it still feels like a high end quality product. Oh yeah, it doesn't feel cheap at all. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the worst uh, consumers of this because we have. To to have them for work. Like I keep going, yeah. oh, I got to buy, because I wouldn't buy oh, a first gen watch. Yeah, it's like, oh darn, I have to buy this cool new technology everybody's Bummer. fascinated by. What is it? So wait, did we go through, so what watch did every, what, what were your combinations for everybody? I, I think mine is probably the most boring, so let's find out. I thought we would all just get sports because like, you know, ka-ching, but we wanted to have uh, like a little bit of a variety, at least in the office, so we could take pretty pictures of oh, them. Oh yes, of course. Um, yeah, so, so we spent a long 
long meeting <laughs> trying to decide. And then several follow-up What watches chats. everyone would get. And then there were like, you know, a lot of people changed their, what one person who's not here right now changed his or her, his mind several times. And so. there was a lot of debate. And we were all in hip chat together, like as they went on sale being like, wait, which one am I ordering again? So, okay, I got um, the 38 millimeter steel Apple Watch with the pretty, pretty Milanese loop, and I'm super stoked. Yeah, that's that's a solid choice. I got the 38 millimeter sport with the white band. And I got the 38 millimeter sport, the just the aluminum one, not the space gray, um, with the pink floral oh, sport band. Good, somebody and got something. And our oh. editor also got um, the 42 millimeter. We needed one big one. So he got the 42 millimeter with, I believe, the classic buckle when it all was said and done. <laughs> he got it's a watch how He changed his order several times. Didn't yeah, so- and this is a man who actually, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and out him right now as he he uses an Android phone. Oh, so, sweet. But he has a lot of smartwatch experience, and he's going to check out the smartwatch with a loaner iPhone, and then he's going to give it to our brand new editor, who we should give a shout-out to, because you guys all know him and love him already. Roman Loyola is back on Yay, the macro staff. We kind of buried the lead. We're like 30 minutes in. <laughs> but, we'll have um, him on and talk about it. Uh, yes, we'll have him on. So so he's going to get the the watch after, after John's through with it. Excellent. Uh, I, I took the, the uh, we should talk about this, I took the most boring uh, combination, which is uh, the most popular, apparently, or maybe, which is Space Gray plus, a support Space Gray plus Black Band. That one's badass. It's That's really boring. nice. Yeah. yeah oh, no, it's, it's funny, though, because uh, to me, I looked at everything, I'm like, well, hot pink doesn't work on me. The green seemed a little too, I don't know. And then I was like, well, It's kind of like the green. <laughs> it's really tennis ball green. Like, yeah. It's bright. And so in the end, I'm like, well, cool. I'll get something that has, it's like the least offensive to me that looks cool, too. And so I got that. But, you know, so there was this uh, a report came out from a, an outfit that pe- let, people let this outfit examine their receipts in their email Slice. box. Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, which is... It's, got a, it's an app. It's a really nice app. Oh, I, I, then I they're like totally Slice. mining your, yeah. your Gmail account. So what do they, I know, what do you when get I read return, that, though? I was like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Hmm? What do you get in return for letting them mine your data? You get... Um, I, I actually wrote about it for TechHive, so we can put that in show notes. But you get um, shipment notifications... So, I mean, there's other package tracking apps, but it does that. And then it will also um, watch for, um, what, what do you call them, rebates, um, price drops. If the price drops and it's, you know, some stores, if you buy something and then it goes on sale and you say, hey, I just bought that, they'll give you the difference back. Nordstrom, Urban Outfitters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, so it, it watches for those and it'll notify you. And then it also just kind of breaks down, like, all the stuff that you buy. So it's sort of fascinating and completely frightening to see. Like, it'll say, like, oh, hey hey, you spent $489 on Starbucks this last year. And so that's kind of cool. So oh God, you, that's you know, horrifying. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. And it does it with these cool, like it's sort of an interactive graphic. Like it breaks them all up into bubbles and you shake your phone and they fly around and you tap them to expand. It's, so it's, it's kind of a fun experience. But yeah, they launched the app and it was free. And they were like, hey, here's this fun thing you use for free. And they got a bunch of users. And then they were like, oh, yeah, now we're... Now we're mining all we're this data, data and using it for so you know they it's all anonymous and um, aggregated but they yeah they they publish research reports like like the one they did about the Apple Watch saying okay and they can tell like because they know they can look back at your receipts in the last couple of years and they can know how many people with an iPhone five ordered an Apple Watch how many people with a five S and a five C so. 
So yeah, they, they know everything you bought. So I actually stopped using it after that. But it is a sort of a cool app. Yeah, I so, think I'm going to have to stop using it too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a little scary. I was like, what? Slice did this? I oh wanted their data points. Exactly. <laughs> yes. If, if, remember, if, that's right, if, you're not the, if you're not paying them, you're the product. That's the, yep. uh, that's the rule. So the, uh, the, what they came up with is they said, um, I think they received uh, about 9,000. Oh, yeah, I found that number. I have 2 million customers, 9,000 bought one or more Apple Watches, and they extrapolate that to about 100 thousand people in the U.S. pre-ordering a watch on Friday with an average of 1.3 watches per order and an average of $500 uh, per watch. So again, that's just U.S. orders. So we don't know uh, what that came from. And that's just Friday was the report they gave. So it may be too small a sample. Two million customers is actually great, but having only uh, 9,080 of those having purchased an Apple Watch, I'm not sure they can extrapolate that well. But, um, you know, we should talk. This is this is the thing. Uh, the, the watches went backward super fast, like within minutes or some of them instantly, it seemed like, at certain combinations and others. Uh, you know, at 12.07, you couldn't get stuff until uh, late May. Yeah, I was surprised that the editions actually sold out so quickly because... I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little uncomfortable with the idea of ordering a $17,000 item and having it <clears throat> shipped oh, yeah. to my house. Like, I would want, that's an experience I would want to have in the store. No, you need like to order one so you can delivered. write about it for the, because it, I assume it's going to get delivered by a Brinks car or something. Yeah, Susie, can I um, get an addition? Maybe <laughs> you return it later. As long as you write a story about it. All right. Caitlin, you have to move to the doorman building, though, if that's happening. I know. uh, That's more expensive. I have to expend so much stuff for this job. (laughs) Maybe you can live inside the box that it comes in. (laughs) I'll have to after this. Oh, I know there were a couple. So there was a really good story in Mac Rumors yesterday that we're also going to put in the show notes that's kind of about this. So one of their readers sent an email to Tim Cook over the weekend being like, okay, like, let's talk about how the watch is only online and, you know, it's sold out so quickly and the ship estimates are so late. And they actually wrote him back and said, look, even though it says that, you know, you're not going to get your watch until June, we're trying to uh, underpromise and overdeliver and they, they should ship sooner than that. But I think also what needs to be stressed and what some people don't understand yet is that they don't want people showing up at the store on the 24th trying to buy them. Like they're not going to have, there's a lot of SKUs for this product, like just so many sizes and materials and different bands and different band sizes. Cause you know, some of the bands are like small, medium, large, mm-hmm. and you have to know how long, big your wrist is. So it's just a recipe for disappointment. So even on the 24th, if you show up at the Apple store, they're still going to have you order online. It's going to be the same thing. We, it sounds like it's going to be a very similar thing to what we ran into with the MacBook, which, you know, we're getting to later in the podcast. But yeah, um, and they're, they're kind of concerned and they're looking at it. But as of now, unless they change their plans, there will be no walk-in Apple Watch purchases next Friday. That's amazing. So. That's going to be, that's pretty rare. Well, actually, we should get onto the MacBook uh, and, um, and we'll come back to the watch again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, but none of us are expecting to get our watches until May, right? I think my earliest I is had May the 13. quote the, the 24th to the 8th. That's so mine I'm as well. Really hoping it could. Yeah. yeah like oh, we wonder, ordered right away. I wonder if the 30, well, I ordered mine. I think, I think it took you a got moment. That you got the popular one, one Glenn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's true. That. I should have ordered hot pink. Now I know. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's the small girly ones that we ordered. Yeah. They said something like 70% 
of, of that Slice reported, 70% were the 42 millimeter or something. It was something really high. Like oh, interesting. 38 didn't sell a lot. Well, so, I know there's okay. women I know who bought a 42 millimeter because they wanted the bigger screen area, even though they thought it might look big on their wrist. They didn't want the smaller screen area. But that's right. big watches are trendy for women now. Mm-hmm. Like it's. You can you can pull it off. It's well, not like so big. I tried them both on. I preferred the thirty eight, but you know, they, either would have worked. Well, we should move on to our MacBook topic. And uh, but first, Susie, you need to tell us about another sponsor, the Great Courses. Enlight and edify us, please, about this sponsor. Yeah. So everyone here likes to learn. That's why you read MacWorld. That's why you use those big brains you have. So um, and. Podcasts. I mean, I listen to tons of podcasts on my commute, but sometimes, you know, I just feel like, okay, the commute went by and I listen to a couple guys like talk about computers for a couple more hours. That's sort of what I do every day. So to shake it up, it's fun to learn something really, really new. So I got a audio course and a video course called Understanding Investments from our sponsor, The Great Courses. Um, this is an engaging, informative lecture series. It's by Connell Follenkamp, who's a professor at Duke. The courses are split up, so it's a bunch of different lectures all on investing. So you think, oh, I know about investing, but all I really do is like mutual funds in my 401k. Turns out there's a million other ways to invest, so I really learned a lot. And you can skip over the parts that you know about and just focus on the things that you want to learn, or you can just watch the whole thing all the way through and you'll feel like you just took a college class in this. Um, They have over 500 courses, tons of subjects, science, math, philosophy, art, music. You can really expand, you know, what you studied. You can learn a new course that you didn't study in college, not have to worry about writing papers or taking tests, but you really will get a lot out of it. The Great Courses has a special offer for Macworld listeners. They're offering eight of their best-selling courses, including Understanding Investments, at up to 80% off the original price. That's for a limited time, so to take advantage, you have to go to thegreatcourses.com slash Macworld. It's all spelled out, thegreatcourses.com slash Macworld. And check out what they have there. It's the, the courses are really well done. The videos and audios, top-notch, great information. I think you'll really like it. Well, uh, I'll need to take a course on either Schrodinger's cat or uh, the sound of one hand clapping for our next topic, which is about uh, (laughs) the new MacBook. Susie, when is shipping not really shipping? I feel like we're in a superposition of states in terms of what Apple promised and what they were delivering last week. Yeah. Or not delivering. When they announced that shiny MacBook in in March – and it was like a month before they announced it on March 9th and they said it'll ship April 10th. And that's usually, you know, when they announce a new computer, they're like, and you can buy it today or you can buy it, you know, this this Friday. So they already had given themselves a whole month. So we figured, OK, like, great, April 10th, I'm going to show up at the Apple store and buy this this beautiful gold MacBook. And <laughs> I called all the Apple stores and they were all super nice. And they were like, yeah, we don't have that. No, nobody has that. No one's going to have that. You have to order it online. You can come over and like play with one, but you can't buy it. You can't take it home. It'll ship to you from China, and it'll get there when it gets there. So, yeah, that was a real bummer. I'm assuming that they had um, supply chain issues because, they, you know, I feel like this is where they were being disingenuous is if 
were any other company that had to fight harder for customers, they'd say, we had an issue and we are going to ship on that day. However, we won't have them in the stores until April 16th or something like that. They would have put out a note because they would have wanted to prevent uh, disappointment for people who just want to go and pick one up. And uh, it's a new model. People have a high interest. They know, you know, the fanboy argument aside, there are always early adopters like, oh, I was waiting for a computer. I don't know if I love the USB-C, but this is it. And they go to a store and... I think I think any other company that was sensible would have made an announcement. Instead, and I had the same. You know, I ordered at twelve o three a.m. I ordered, and it said, "Great, it'll cut." You know, if you want to pick up at a store, it's like April twenty fourth. And if you want it shipped to you, uh, I wound up paying the extra ten dollar fee. <laughs> the the please push my box further to the forward, and it's going to get here on uh, April fifteenth. That's the the day this recording airs. So tomorrow in our in real time. Uh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, and so I think that's sort of that's a little disingenuous for something that isn't actually available until April 15th with sort of expedited shipment to, uh, and and do I recall right, I think so, the orders have been pushed back too. I forget what the orders are now if you try to go online and buy one. Um, I didn't get, I didn't order it online at midnight because yeah, it was saying like you won't get it, you know, until the 16th and I was like, well, I'll just go to the store tomorrow. They'll surely have some. And, <laughs> you know, that was not the case. So then when I figured that out after calling, you know, every store, um, I went online and ordered one. The gold had already shipped to f- slipped. Um, excuse me. The gold had slipped to four to six weeks. The space gray and silver were both shipping in that you know sixteenth to twenty fourth kind of window. So I ordered a space gray, just a stock model, nothing build to order, nothing fancy, no upgrades. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- and I paid the extra ten dollars. They'll ship it to you for free. They they don't charge you to ship a $1,600 computer to your house. Thank you. Um, but but yeah, you, do, I, you can pay $10 extra. You can pay $10 if you want it a little mm-hmm. bit sooner. Right. I, I thought it was, you know, I was braced for expensive shipping being like $30 or something. So the fact that it was only 10 I was like, wow, it's the best deal in the Apple store. So, I feel like I'm yeah, slipping that to no some guy in the back room. Here's, was very strange. Here's 10 bucks. Put mine in the front, okay? Put it in the front yeah. of the truck, please. I, asked, I wrote a little thing about it for the site. I asked Apple for comment. They did not comment. And yeah, and then the, the AV adapters, Glenn wants to write some stuff about them. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to order some and ship them to Glenn. Nope. Four to six weeks for those. Now so I, I have two, that's really annoying. I have two unicorns sitting in front of me, though, which is in preparation for this, I ordered all of the adapters that are available and uh, from other parties. So I have a USB-C to type A connector from Cable Matters that I ordered off Amazon. There's actually several places you can get uh, those at various shipping times and costs, and the prices I think as low as nine bucks up to twenty, with no feature differences, just brand names and shipping options. Uh, Monoprice already has some USB-C cables available, uh, but I went with Cable Matters to get the fastest, cheapest, and then also the Google full-size DisplayPort uh, uh, adapter, and I have a monitor with native DisplayPort support, so I'm going to see DisplayPort support. Say that ten times fast, and I'm going to see how the new MacBook works with a native DisplayPort monitor and see how happy it is about mirroring and uh, and using two displays, because that's going to be one of the, the nice tests for it as well. Um, yeah, Monoprice has some, too. But, um, they don't have the big multi-port one that Apple has. I haven't seen you know any third-party one of that yet so that's the one that everyone's really like i want it i want it now i haven't actually recalled the stores again i should call them all again and be like hey you got the adapters or i don't know well we checked you and i both checked online to try to order from the online store for in-store pickup and they all said four to six weeks 
uh, for that as well. Uh, the the other thing that's uh, interesting, I think, too, is that Apple. Uh, I mean, I'm going to waggle my finger at Apple because their whole quiet argument when they shipped this was there's a whole ecosystem of USB-C coming, which is true. And our folks on the PC side and, and elsewhere, we all know that USB-C is going to be a major new standard, and we're going to see this. And we've seen all the pre-announcements. There's batteries coming. We'll talk about that. Will um, which are going to be great because you'll have a battery with multiple USB-C and Type-A ports and be able to charge your laptop from it, which is you know no special MagSafe connection doohickey, right? But Apple was going to have these adapters out. You'd think like this was, well, you get a new Mac, you want to be able to plug it into a monitor. I know that's not their use case, but I thought their argument was it's a new standard, but we'll have some. They only have their little uh, Type-A adapter nubbin, which is a uh, female Type-A, so you can plug in a regular Type-A cable into it and then that into the Type-C connector on the MacBook. So it all feels a little bit um, thinner than I think what was promised. Yeah, I think they should have taken pre-orders starting in March and, you know, just been more honest about when they were going to ship. Maybe <laughs> yes. the MacBooks, you know, got pushed a couple weeks and the adapters, like they're saying it's four weeks out, but it's really only two weeks out and they're trying to kind of meet in the middle a little bit. I don't know. It's They're executing a lot annoying. of stuff. I, mean, I, wanted, I wanted to have it. <laughs> last week, how, how many of you folks have upgraded to Photos yet since that was shipped as a as a production item last week in OS Ten? I've upgraded. I just haven't gone through the like conversion of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little there. scared. <laughs> it Be scared. Like a process. Be scared. We're going to talk about this uh, next week with at least one special guest to talk about uh, uh, photos. But Apple's trying to execute on a lot, and we know that they have issues when they execute. A lot. Well, let's uh, let's talk about our last sponsor, Igloo, and then we'll uh, briefly address uh, the Worldwide uh, Developers Conference, which is coming up soon. Just announced as we go to uh, virtual product, uh, broadcast. So let's uh, thank uh, Igloo, one of our sponsors this week. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. It's a cloud platform that can help you do your best work, like sharing files, updating blogs, coordinating calendars, and managing projects. It's easy to use, it's easy to configure, even for the most non-technical of users. And they built Igloo with responsive design. So everything you can do at your desk, you can do on your phone. Responsive design is not just a buzzword. It means that you don't have to worry about where you're at and what you're doing in order to get the best results from the, the software, the online software that you're using. Whether you're a large enterprise stuck using SharePoint or a fast-growing business overwhelmed by apps, you can create an intranet that matches your brand's look and feel. It simplifies how you work and it's accessible on your phone, something you carry with you all the time. You can try this for free by visiting igloosoftware.com slash Macworld. That's I-G-L-O-O software.com, all one word, slash Macworld, and give them a try. And you can set up an internet that works for you rather than you having to work your way around an internet. So thanks to Igloo, our final sponsor this week. Let's talk briefly about the worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, was just announced. Uh, it's going to happen in a little under two months in the great city of San Francisco. Uh, Susie, you've gone to uh, many WWDCs, I believe. Uh, what do you expect from this one? Yeah, so they will probably show off iOS 9, or at least preview it, preview iOS 9, so the developers know what's coming and what cool new APIs and abilities they're going to get to add to their apps in the next year or so. Um, they've also showed off, they're on you know that yearly release schedule for OS 10, so they'll probably show off some of that. And we're also expecting, or at least hoping, to hear something about Apple's um, many, <laughs> several <laughs> streaming initiatives, um, Beats Music, um, iTunes, Radio, 
And um, if they have a streaming TV service, we might hear some about that. Um, the iOS 8.4 beta is out with a revamped music app that kind of, you know, it puts all your music in, a, in its own tab, kind of like how all the content you own is in, you know, just one little area on your Apple TV. And the rest of it is store, store, buy, stream, rent. So... Maybe, you know, like Apple's sort of reorganizing its music app to make room for these streaming services. Um, I haven't actually gotten my hands on it yet, but, you know, just from, from what I've read so far. So we should hear more about that at WWDC. Probably um, a new Apple TV that's been, we know there's perhaps, one coming. Yeah, so they don't hardware. do a ton of hardware at WWDC, but they it's have true. in the past. But yeah, I mean, since that's so integral with um, with some of the developer initiatives, since it's, you know, it's going to be a HomeKit hub and it'll probably have Siri. So, yeah, it's kind of like a it's a big enough part of the ecosystem that they, they could tell us about that at WWC as well. All right. So I'm going to put everybody on the spot and uh, I'll start because I'm putting you on the spot is uh, one wish for WWDC before we finish up. And uh, I'll start so that you don't have to you have time to think, which is uh, my wish is incremental improvement, not overhaul. I don't want another Yosemite or Mavericks. I want a mountain lion <laughs> or a snow leopard this time around. And the same with iOS. No major Overhaul, please. Just small improvements get us further along. Uh, Leah, do you have a wish from Apple for WWDC? I was nodding my head throughout <laughs> your whole thing. Um, iOS 8, Every I feel like every update with iOS 8 has been a big update with a new feature. So I would kind of like to see iOS 9 just be a little bit of, of kind of like a tweak and an improvement on, on iOS 8. Um, I mean, we've seen, geez, we've seen the rollout of... Apple Pay, we've had the new Watch app, we've had Health, we've had oh, continuity. Uh, this music thing, continuity. I would love to see um, continuity be a little bit stronger between <laughs> yes. the next version of OS X <laughs> and iOS 9. That's where I'll leave it. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, do you have a uh, your, uh, the magic ball uh, wish for, uh, for Apple for WWDC? Um, since we've been so watch focused, I'm I'm expecting to see more um, more from Apple about the watch. Um, I'm wondering if maybe they'll open up the sensors to third party developers, or if we'll see any um, any development tools as far as building native apps for the watch instead of just you know iPhone extensions. Um, but Apple usually waits a little longer to open up. It's, uh, it's tools to developers, and the watch is still so new that I'm not sure that'll happen yet. But um, I'm also really excited for the whatever they do with Beats. I, I think it's going to be, or I hope that it will be a, a strong contender as far as like a Spotify rival or, or something along those lines. So I don't know. We'll see. It's always very exciting. A lot of, well, a lot of good things that all seem very possible, too. And, and Susie, do you have a wish for Apple WWDC? Well, this ties in a little bit with Apple Watch, too, but my biggest wish for iOS 9 is they really need to do something to make notifications easier to manage. Oh, I would like to see them, <laughs> especially now we got like Meerkat and Periscope, and they just, it's, having notifications turned off is pointless because these apps are about like live streaming, and if you don't catch it now, you missed it. But then when I look at my notification center, I've got all these notifications from live streams that ended hours ago. So I, I want them to expire after a few minutes. I want to be able to jump from notification center right to the you know settings for that app without having to you know exit and go into settings and find it because it's just it's kind of a mess right now. And with the watch coming out, 
really honing the notifications that you get on all your devices is more important than ever. So I would, if they're going to clean up one thing, I would like them to do that. The other thing I'm most excited about for WWC is the parties. All the good nerds <laughs> come to town, and it's just it's so fun. You get to see all the like cool people who make the awesome stuff that you use every day. And they do that alt conference that runs at the same time. So even people who don't get into WWC can come and network and see people and get inspired, hear some great speakers. So it, even though I don't actually attend the conference, I attend just you know the keynotes and some social things. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year because it's just a big nerd party in San Francisco and it doesn't get any better. Well, inside joke is we don't need House of Cards. We just need House of Shields. Yeah. <laughs> That's an inside joke. So, well, uh, and if I get the uh, golden ticket so I can come down to uh, to attend the keynote, yeah, I'll down. finally get to meet all my colleagues at Macworld who are on the spot. Oh, everybody. In uh, person. That's right. We'll well, party. It's been great talking to you all. So, Leah Yamshon, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Caitlin McGarry, great to talk to you. Always a pleasure. And Susie Oaks, I'll talk to you again next week about photos. Get geared up for photos, Susie. It'll be all right. It'll be bloody. And uh, this has been Glenn <laughs> Fleischman uh, for the MacWorld Podcast on April fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, episode four hundred and fifty-two. And thanks again to our sponsors, the Great Courses, Igloo, and High Five. Come back and join us again next week. <laughs>